The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. And I'll Ali's going to try and hotspot and see if, if he can join in. He'll join in. If not, um, it'll just be us. So cool. Uh, yeah, okay. so thank you for joining us. I'm uh, I'm a little bit dark now because some lights have went off here as well. We're having some technical issues, but uh, we'll we'll make do. So, but anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, I'm stoked. Awesome, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, you know, Ali Ali set this up. He's he can't be here, but well, we've been interested in what you guys are doing over there for a while. Um, I think like a lot of people. I don't know why there's a, a fascination with like Norse culture and everything around about Iceland. And I, I, why do you think that is? I don't know, man. I think it's, um, it's primitive almost. And people yeah. are, they, they feel a need to reattach to that part of life. And whenever it comes to say like the Norse culture and stuff like that, it, it is pretty primitive, you know, like there's not a lot about it. When you think about it, you think of just, I guess the um something that we're lacking nowadays, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely it does. And talking about things that we're uh, lacking, uh, Ali has joined <laughs> us. <laughs> um, after uh, you know, we're talking uh, about camera, I've I've lost a light. One of my lights has went, so we've uh, it's a bit of a fuck up. That's fine. We're not professional. Um, so yeah, we're we're just we've literally just started recording, so you haven't missed anything. Um, I haven't slagged you off yet, so awesome, awesome. Uh, nice to meet you, Andy, as well. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. Glad you're here. Uh, we got we got there, then. So we're we're talking um, before Ali's internet fucked up. I was just talking about um, some of your flags. Um, so I might have to might, I might have to go and get one of your flags because I think that would look kind of cool up here. One of the Norse yeah, ones with the axes, the cross. That'd be awesome, man. So I'll send you one. Just shoot me an address afterwards. I'll get one of those because we like to get. Um, I know you can't see them now, but these two, there's two shark pictures there. So uh, Mike Bolton uh, was a previous guest, and um, he's a fucking cool guy. The coolest, the coolest, craziest old guy in the world. Mike's about, I don't even know what age he is, 80. I think he was 84, 84, I think he was. And his, and his official official job title is Pirate Treasure Hunter. Oh, wow. That and sounds he, awesome. Um, and he, I want he his felt- job. He, yeah, he films. Uh, so he, he photographed, uh, photographs um, sharks. He's done some stuff with um, Ocean Ramsey, who's a big deal. I don't know if you know she, who she is. Yeah, yeah um, I So I got I got some of his pictures, and I've got a antler shed up there from Laura Zera. Um, so I like to have things from guests. It's pretty cool. So I'll, I'll grab yeah. one of your flags, man. Definitely have it up there. Awesome, they're man. really cool. So um, yeah. so yeah. So what what's the um, What's uh you know Ali was Ali was telling me beforehand that it's a really interesting backstory to Norse fitness. Yeah, man. So I started Norse back in 2015, 2014, something like that. And really, man, it was it was probably one of the lowest points in my life. Like depression is something that I've always struggled with. Mental health in general, I guess. Who knows what it's caused by? Maybe genetics a little bit because it runs in the family, but then also just you know childhood bullshit difficulties whatever you want to call it and whenever i was in my mid-20s it, it was it was really bad um i was in a band prior to that so i spent from the time i was 18 till i was 25 touring and it's fun and all and it was my dream at the time but it also was a very toxic lifestyle i was just on the road all the time i was sleeping on people's floors or in a van i was always drunk just 
pretty much seven years straight, just drunk all the time. And it got to the point, man, where I was just, I was, cause all the lyrics around this band were based around the worst parts of my life, you know, up to that point. And so every night I was just reliving the same shit over and over. And it was bad, man. It was just, it, it got really bad. So I wanted, I realized I needed to make a change and the opposite of what I was doing was working out. So I started going to the gym and it made me feel a lot better as anyone that has exercise can vouch for. Like it just, it makes you feel better mentally, physically, everything. So I started working out, but I didn't identify with the fitness industry, I guess, at least not in the realm I was in down in Florida. And I don't know if you guys ever been to Florida, but it's douchebag central. Like it's just, it's nothing but just douchebags, man. So I was going to the gym and I was like, I, I love what I'm doing. I love pushing myself. I love everything involved with it, but I hate all these people around me. And what I noticed was everyone was just in there pretty much to feed their ego. You know, like they would go in there and pretty much just do arms and shoulders and then go hit the nightclub because it's, that's what Florida is. It's nothing but bars and nightclubs. So I didn't identify with any of these people. And I was like, all right, well, this is extremely beneficial for me, but I, I can't identify with it. So that's when I created Norse. Honestly, it was supposed to be just, this is what you guys are doing. I don't want any part of it. Here's my own thing. And as far as the name and everything goes, that was a no brainer for me because my mom's whole side of the family is from Norway. I grew up listening to tales and all that stuff about the sagas and, you know, Odin, Thor, all that good stuff. So when I was working out, I was kind of like, I noticed I was embodying that. Like whenever I needed motivation, that's the stuff I was thinking about was these old stories I heard growing up. And if I needed extra motivation, I would just read some of that stuff. So that's what I wanted to embody with Norse, you know, like you have Thor and Thor is like the epitome of like the strong man. Then you have Odin, this guy that's on a constant pursuit of life, just always wanting more out of life. And that I identified exactly with what I was going after. So I got some tank tops made and that was kind of like a battle flag for us. So, and by us, I mean like me and two other dudes in Panama city that were lifting that, you know, was separate from all that stuff. And those 25 tank tops, I sold out of the trunk of my car for like a year. I never even thought about making an online store. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to sell these out of the trunk of my car for a while. And eventually like I put some online people liked it and it just kind of grew from there. But really the whole thing with North since the beginning is the mindset aspect, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's around fitness, but there's so much more to it. And the more that it's progressed, the more that really that, that idea has became more concrete of what exactly it stands for. And, you know, like behind me is the abandoned modern culture thing. That's kind of our, our slogan, like a band modern culture. Well, what does that mean? Modern culture in general, to me, it's weakness. Like it's weakness personified. Everyone embraces this weak mindset to stay in their comfort zone and all these different things. So a band of modern culture to me is like abandon all these weak aspects of society that we have nowadays that didn't exist a couple hundred years ago, and especially a thousand years ago and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that's really like the, the short and simple of Norse. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> you know, that's something that you know me and Ali are both a big part of. Is is not, um, you know, recently we just um, uh, we just started jumping in, in locks again on a, a Sunday morning. Just a few, yeah. a few of the guy, few of the guys from Jiu Jitsu. Let's get in a cold lock, and um, let's just embrace that suck. 
Um, you know, Ali, Ali can't because his legs are fucked. But you know, I, you know, love lifting weights. Um, I was just squatting, squatting and deadlifting tonight actually before I came over. So, <clears throat> yeah, I agree. There's so many, so many things in modern culture that are. Yeah, to use a, 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 a fantastic Scottish phrase, it is soft as shite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. But it's it. We encourage it everywhere mm. that we look now. It's encouraged. You look at our, what they're teaching in schools. That's the kind of shit that they're encouraging kids. Kids, man. Like when we were growing up, we're actually this. I remember realizing this for the first time when I was about 15 years old. I was on the bus going to school and these two kids obviously there's two boys they just wanted to throw down like they just wanted to fight they had beef with each other they just wanted to fight and that's that's part of being a boy like we're supposed to just wrestle and fight and then you shake hands and nowadays at least in like my school system you know 15 20 years ago shit i'm old i'm getting old but it was i I remember they were talking about if you even talked about getting into a fight they would put you in handcuffs and take you to jail that's how extreme it was getting. It's like so this natural part of who we are as a species or animal, you know, you look at the animal kingdom, you got dogs, you have lions, you all, that's just what males do. They wrestle, they you know, they fuck around with each other. Each other and yeah. now you had a school system telling kids that if they even talked about fighting, they were going to get put in handcuffs and taken away. So where does that aggression go? You know, because that's what it is. It's aggression that the youth has. It's a natural thing, especially during like those those teenage years when testosterone soaring and all these other things so that's actually the first time i noticed it i remember thinking at 15 that's fucked that you know because you could tell these kids want to fight but they wouldn't because of the repercussions that were set into place but then you look at the media and what is the media promoting you know we've seen it during covid it's not exercise it's not health or anything like that it's get as weak as possible do as every do do what we're do the opposite of what we're supposed to do as a species or just as part of being on the planet earth in general. And then you look at the propaganda that's being pushed on social media and all these other things. And it's just, it's like you guys said, it's soft. It's soft. And that's, I mean, it doesn't just apply to men. It applies to women as well. Like all these things that we've been practicing for thousands of years that has made us who we are embracing discomfort, embracing exploration, all these different things are now being, now we're being told that we shouldn't do that kind of stuff, but in all reality, that is the only way to progress as a person is to just really embrace that discomfort. Because once you embrace that discomfort, you realize how much more you're capable of achieving and you go from there. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you do, you do any, any martial arts? Are you? I do Muay Thai. Yeah. So Muay I messed Thai. around with jujitsu for a minute. And at the time it was, I, I, I want to get involved with jujitsu again eventually, but... Yeah. It just, it wasn't my speed. You know, I mean, you said that you do jujitsu and I'm yeah. sure that you can vouch for it. Like yeah. the first six months is just, what the fuck am I doing? You know, and with Muay Thai, I was able, I gave it a shot. I'm like, okay, I can get in here and I can start progressing rapidly. You know, it's fast paced, it's aggressive. And so were you doing, um, you doing gi jiu-jitsu or were you doing no gi? Oh, I was doing a little bit of both. The school that okay. I was going to, they did both. So yeah. Yeah, I messed around with both aspects and I liked it. It's just, I, I caught a lot. I caught me, I realized I was staring at the clock the most of the time. Okay. And I was like, that's, that's not good. You know, was, I need you something know, that's going to kind of. It's all relevant because, um, you know, so 
I, I, you know, I came from a boxing background and, um, and you know, got to do jiu-jitsu, but either one's relevant because constantly you're put in a position where you, this is fucking awful. And the repercussions of this, if this was real life, uh, Ali actually caught, Ali loves a triangle. So Ali, Ali caught me in a triangle maybe two or three weeks ago and it was one of those things. It is worse because of your friends. Like, I will not tap to this asshole, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and it was that, as we always saw, you know, the, the horns, the horn, we, we always say this genuinely, you know, the, the horns of Valhalla were, were ringing out and we're going, <laughs> not giving in. <laughs> so yeah, that was, um, and that's, and the reality of that, you know, a thousand years ago, 500 years, years ago, it would have killed me. I would have been dead. Because it yeah. would have been an actual fight and it, and it would have resulted in a death. Right. And I, I, you know, and I think um, just to put yourself in these positions sometimes to realize you, you, you know, you're not, you, we're not as important as we think we are. And it's the same with, you know, you know, I like climbing hills, Andy. I don't know if you spend any time in the hills, but it's the same thing. You know, I like to climb hills, especially at night on my own. Uh, like a psycho, there's actually a great story about um, my Leatherman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but that's, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and to be on your, because you think to yourself, when you're on the, in the hills at night alone, you know, if something happened, terrible happens, and and you die, nothing changes. No, life the goes on for everybody else. Eventually, some animals will find you, and they'll pick away <laughs> your body, and they'll eat you. Literally, what happens? Yeah. All, yeah. So when you know, a, a couple of times, um, like. On you know, getting to the top of our Scottish Mon- uh, Munros, um, the weather will change, and it you know, like that, it, it mm-hmm. beautiful day, cloudy, and I got lost on a, a hill called Chihalian that I know really well. I love that hill, and the weather changed so fast, and I got lost, genuinely lost. Where you're going, shit, <laughs> and it, it's this like you're so vulnerable all the time, and it could happen so quickly. So I think you, you kind of lose that um, yeah, just day-to-day bullshit. You know the shit that, as you're saying, when you when you were a kid and you know you hold on to stuff, you just kind of lose all that stuff because you go, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't, really I, doesn't matter. That's a good point, man. And I think we, because we're so out of touch with the real world, because in all reality, that's what it is. Like we live in a man-made world. Like our reality that we are currently in is man-made. Every bit and piece of it. So people that actually go out and, you know, they run the hills or they go camping and they, they detach from it and they get back into the real world as what I mean by real world is, you know, everything outside of this concrete jungle that we live in. That's exactly how you feel. You, you feel small, but at the same time, you realize that your daily bullshit, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like, okay, these are man-made problems. They're not real problems. I'm not getting chased by a fucking 500 pound bear or whatever it is, or I don't have this yeah. tribe, you know, across the way trying to get me. And like, I've been to Scotland and those Hills, man, like they're intimidating. They're, mm. you look at them, especially at the bottom of them. And if you're in a place where, you know, you're surrounded by them, you just feel small because of these, I don't know what it is about the Scottish Hills, but they, yeah, they're very intimidating. They're not just regular mountains. They are intimidating, where, but it, it's a good perspective. Whereabouts? Where are you? So I went to Edinburgh, Glasgow, Isle of Skye. Okay, so the Cullen's around with a few other places. The, yeah. The, the Cullen Range in Isle of Skye is particularly intimidating. Um, oh, yeah. They're really beautiful hills. But there is a, I think because they're, 
so one of the um one of the uh, so I, I like to do triathlons as well, Andy. And um, one of the extreme iron distance triathlons that I've failed at twice. Um, the mountain range that they're set in, I think they say the hills are like four hundred million years old, and they're like I don't know, I don't know if it's like like Scots mythology, kind of like Norse, and you know you have all these images in your head because they're kind of dark and moody, and usually the cloud sits real low. And it might mm-hmm. probably be raining, and it does conjure up all these images of, you know, fucking Robert the Bruce or William Wallace running through there on a horse, and I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's a very like kind of magic place. Um, it's really something that a lot of people should. Uh, to be fair, I, I'd love to. I know I have um, Norwegian friends, and um, I think they're up. I can't. They're up in the north, and I can't remember the name of the, the town that they're in. But they, they, you know, you know, put pictures on Instagram and stuff regularly, and the hills are just incredible. And I really have to get there. That looks yeah, I, would, I did Troll Tonga. I did probably ten different hikes in Norway two years mm. ago. I was there for a couple of weeks, and every day we were just tackling a new hike. And I did Troll Tonga, and I, I've never seen any. Like I do a lot of hiking and traveling and shit, and I've never seen anything like Troll Tonga in Norway. It is every step you take man and if the light if the sun is hitting it at a different part it looks entirely different you know we hiked to the to like the end point and then on the way back it looked like i was on a completely different trail just because the sun was in a different spot and we were at such a high elevation and just seeing the fjords like being at the top of those fjords and looking down and once again it it just it kind of puts it, it it humbles you it makes you realize that like we are super fucking small but then also people forget we're on a giant rock spinning around in space at all times. Like our, our, our problems are not real problems. Yeah, no, not at all. It's it's, it's kind of like, it's like you were saying, Andy, isn't it? And what's weird as well, Chris, you know, you're talking about the mountains and Andy was as well being intimidating, which they are, but in the grand scheme of them in the mountains of the world, they're not that big, but there is something. And I think it's because for a lot, for all of us, we all live, like you say, Andy, in this kind of, I call it the right-angled world, where everything's neat and tidy, like you say, you work in cubicles and offices. Mm-hmm. And then you get out into the world and you're aware that suddenly, you know, you're not top of that. Not that we've been top of the food chain for a long time, but we're not top of that food chain anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever happens, even even like Chris was saying, just getting lost in the mist, in the rain, in the dark. People aren't prepared for it nowadays. No, I mean, back in the day, it was nothing. Like, okay, yeah. we're just going to set up camp in this random spot and we'll, we'll figure it out. But they also had like a natural navigation system, like all humans did at one point. And most people rarely have it. Like if you put someone in a dark room and you're okay, which way is north? Very few people can figure out which way is north just instinctively. But that was normal a couple hundred years ago. And we've, we've already lost it for the most part, yeah. but I also think it's, um, it's unpredictable. So it goes kind of back to what you said, like the, the neat and tidy world that we live in. The real world is unpredictable and everything that we do nowadays is very predictable. So whenever you're put in that environment where you don't know what, where the fuck you are, what's around you, that's terrifying to people, but it's also good. Like it, that's, it grounds you once again, and it just helps shape your actual view of how things are supposed to be. That way, when you go back into this world or whatever you want to call it, it, it's not as not as much you know you're able to just kind of relax and be and go more with the flow and if you're able to go more with the flow then you're gonna be able to accomplish more in general 
Yeah, one of, fun enough, just because you used the word relaxing there, uh, you know, one of the things that I like to do, well, we just talked about this recently, Ali, with somebody, and I can't remember who it was, um, just about watching the sunset. There's a lovely little loch close to me, and, um, you know, you get the right day, usually in the summertime, uh, you know, when sunsetting at, you know, half nine, ten o'clock at night. And you can just go onto the beach, there's a little beach, and you can just sit and watch the sunset. And it's so relaxing, and it's like, if you've had a nice day and you've had, you know, uh, all, all your, you know, everything sorted out, you've had a really good day, been productive, you've done whatever it is, lifted some weights, had a good day at work, and you could watch the sunset. It's like the perfect way to finish up a day. It's just sitting there, not a trouble in the world, watching the sun go down. It's like, oh, this is amazing. And you, I, I, I don't know, you go home really content. I agree, man. And that's um even my five-year-old. So she's to the point now where I pick her up from school and where the sun sets right now in North Carolina during winter, the sky, man, is just lit up every possible color that you can think of. And my kids, she started saying, she's like, dad, look at that glorious sunset. And I'm like, that is a glorious sunset. But most people, they don't even look. You ask the last person, you know, ask just random person on the street. When's the last time you saw the sunset? When's the last time that you actually stopped for five minutes to look at the sky or to even look around you. When's the last time that you went out yeah. into nature and just walked without your fucking cell phone? Yeah. Most people <laughs> like years. Was, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that. How many people look at the sunset through that six and a half inch phone just yeah. to take a photo of the sunset to put it on Instagram rather than, as you say, and the keep the stuff down and use these well, to take in that whole vista. Um, I have a, a funny story about um, about that kind of stuff, actually, Andy. So I, I did um, a marathon in 2018. Um, it was just over the border into the north of England, and it's one of the darkest, you know, one of the places to see the best skies at night. It's really dark. There's no light pollution. So, you know, you're running around, and I was speaking to this guy who was, you know, we were talking, and uh, he had, he, I think, uh, you know, been in Australia with a, a girlfriend, and they'd split up, and he came back, and he'd went through a bad time, and uh, I think, you know, he'd, he'd tried to kill himself and all this kind of stuff. So we were just talking away, and then he was asking me, you know, why are you doing it? I said, well, I said this is like, um, you know, apparently one of the darkest skies in the UK, so I really want to try and see the Milky Way. And he's like, man, that's exactly why I wanted to do it. I really wanted to see the Milky Way when we were running. And then there was two like middle-aged women getting close by us, sort of behind us. And they, they went, well, what's the Milky Way? And I went, you'll know it if you see it. And they went, yeah, but what is it? And I went, and I just looked at the guy and he looked at me and it was just kind of like, these are like 52 years old and you don't know what the Milky Way is. This is the whole purpose I drove three hours to try and see it. You don't even know what it is. And it's just like, well, you're so detached from reality. It's unbelievable. Didn't know what That's it what was. it is, man. You just yeah. nailed it. They're detached from reality. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. it's weird, man. It's weird. I think it's extremely detrimental as well towards like just everything. When you're that detached from it, you, you're detached from everything that makes us human, you know? You know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's like that. It's like this. I know you'd said at the start, Andy, sorry, Chris, jumping in, but you'd said, you know, you'd gone through some kind of mental struggles in your early days, Andy. And I think, I know they keep saying, oh, it's because it's better diagnosed today, but I still think a mass development is, is because of that. We've become so detached from what matters that you get caught up in the bullshit of, you know, Instagram likes or, 
you know, whatever it might be, as opposed to just, you know, living as we have. And I get it, you know, I'm sure that 200 years ago we had cholera and dysentery and all the other stuff to worry about. But, you know, it was a simpler life than, you know, this modern bullshit that everyone has to has to put up with to live in this world. I think it's also a lack of purpose, man. So, like, yeah. you know, think about it from this perspective. A couple hundred years ago, even, or even a hundred years ago, very certain parts of the world still every person in the community or tribe or whatever it is had a vital role that helped everyone in the community excel right most people don't have a job anymore that actually is beneficial for community or for for like the overall advancement of their tribe so that's where like that's how we function as human beings we we've always been in clans and tribes and all this different stuff. And our purpose results from helping those around us. And most people's jobs nowadays are not actually beneficial to, to society, not in the grand scheme of how they used to be, not on such a large scale as far as vitally important. You know, if, if you're a farmer, you needed your crops for your family, but it may have also been for the entire your, your entire town that you were in, or if you're, you know, a Smith, if you did metal work and stuff like that, they needed that metal. Or if you did woodwork to build the ships or whatever, 500 years ago, that was extremely important. Or let's take it back a couple thousand years, hunter gatherers. You had the people that, you know, gathered the fruit and stuff like that. And then you had the men that went out there and they hunted. If you didn't kill something, no one ate yeah. in your tribe. So nowadays, though, we don't necessarily have a purpose unless you really go out of your way to create it. And by purpose, I mean, like, what was I put on this earth to do? I, I don't really fall into that trap. I think purpose in general is just how can I provide value to the world? When you provide value to the world and when you help those around you, you cannot help but feel better about yourself in general. Like, and then I tell people that all the time. It's like, I'm just really down and I can't get out of this road. I'm like, just go help someone. Just go help them. That's going to make you feel better. But it, it, we don't have purpose anymore. And especially with men, like we don't do well if we don't have a purpose. This is um, one of the, you know, one of the, exactly what you've just said, Andy, is one of the things that really freaks me out when people start talking about um, universal basic income. I think, that, I think that's going to be awful. You know, I think people like to believe that it's going to be a good thing to make sure people's bills are taken care of and all that. I think it's a terrible idea because you're, you're, you're not giving anybody the reason to get out of fucking bed in the morning and do something. It's so bad. Terrible idea. I think they want that at a larger scheme, like not to get into conspiracy or really politics or whatever, but at the grand scheme, like they want people reliant on the government. How do you make someone reliant on the government? You give them the basic necessities that they need. You know, you give them food, you give them money to buy the bullshit that they need off Amazon or whatever. And I, I think they want people to be depressed and that they want people to be weak and malnourished and all this other shit because then they become dependent on the government. Anyone that takes care of themselves or like refuses a handout, they don't need anybody else. And that, there's a level of confidence that comes with that that just brings joy and pleasure to your life. When you're confident in your abilities to provide for you and your family and you don't need fucking anybody else – that person is unstoppable. You, you can't fuck with that person. But what you can do is control someone that relies on you for every waking thing. 
And, and so they want people to be fat and lazy and depressed and all these other things because those kind of people are dependent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as you, you were alluding to earlier on, or you went alluding to it, you said about, you know, COVID, uh, you know, would, but this is, is this the goal just to get people to be dependent on the, I mean, we, you, you, just because you mentioned conspiracy, you know, we can get as deep into that shit as you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you look at, you know, I mean, in Scotland, and I know they did it everywhere else as well, but, you know, you couldn't go to a gym, but you can go to McDonald's. You're just going, okay, explain how that fucking makes any sense to anybody. Somebody explain it. Because that, that's fucking bullshit. One of the first things I did, um, I was really lucky, actually. And this is what I'm using now. I turned this into a little gym. So I managed to get a squat rack, um, a bench, some some kettlebells. So I was fine. The gyms were shut. But, uh, you know, I was fine for a couple of months. And then it was, you know, gyms won't be open, you know, at least for another six months. There's no fucking way. There's no way I'm not moving some weight about in six months. Absolutely no <laughs> fucking chance. There's only so many big stores you can find to throw about. And then you go, I have to do something. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, that stuff to me is is fucking hilarious you know you i saw some, it happen you get some you get some great big fat guy big fat woman you know telling you about if you have to wear a mask for your health and you're like, are you fucking serious <laughs> I, I saw it immediately man whenever they started um here in the u.s you know with the which are checks that they were giving people were a joke you know it was like here's 600 dollars to survive for the next three months but what was crazy to me was unemployment. So a lot of people were unemployed, which sucks. I hate that for them. But what the government did was they were pretty much paying them double what they would have usually made. And I, as soon as they started, I'm like, this is not going to end well because no one's going to want to go back to work when this pandemic ends. And that's exactly what happened. Like, we, like there are companies begging people to come work for them right now in the States. And it's because those people became so reliant for a year of just getting fucking handouts. Yeah. And now, and it, it, you can't help but see that that's what they're trying to do is make people dependent on the government. Why else would you not only pay them unemployment, which is fine. Like I don't really give a shit about that, but pay them double. What is the fucking thought process behind that? Besides we want you to be dependent on us and we want you to, to lose any work ethic. And we just want you to fucking sit around and be on your phone or whatever it is all day and not actually do anything with your life. And that's why depression and everything else is through the fucking roof. Even though no one wants to talk about it, depression is higher than it has probably ever been all across the world. And it's because of that right there. Well, that, and then also, you know, social interactions and stuff like that became non-existent, but also it goes back to purpose. People lost purpose and without purpose, we, we don't know how to function as individuals. Yeah. I mean, um we you know, like everybody to begin with um march yeah mo uh, yeah so i think it was getting a little bit sketchy february and then maybe did we shut down in, in february or march ali hey we shut down march uh, 26th of march i think it was yeah, it was our so, official lockdown so day in the uk basically um basically march and april i didn't do jiu-jitsu because it was illegal by that point anyway. And then it got to May, and, it got to May, and uh, you know, we were all, nobody was working. So I was doing some workouts and stuff at home. And then, you know, just looking through numbers, just data that you were getting able to look through, and you were going, okay, wait a minute. 
this doesn't seem like it's all that bad. And then, you know, I don't even know if we can say this, probably we'll probably get in trouble anyway, but it doesn't matter. And basically, he went, fuck this, you want to just do jiu-jitsu again? So we just started doing jiu-jitsu again, like the Good. whole way through. Didn't stop. Fuck yeah. yous. Um, and we haven't stopped. Just trained all the way through. And uh, what we did was, this is a crazy idea, Andy, you might like this. What we did was, we used uh, common fucking sense. And if something didn't feel good, we went, hey, I don't feel so good. I'm not going to train this week. Cool, man. Good idea. See you next week. And <laughs> nobody that. died. Imagine nobody died. That. Nope. So, and, the and people... None of us have caught COVID either. <laughs> none of us have caught really? COVID. None of us. None of us have been ill. None of us have caught COVID. I've got three kids that were all at school during it as well, Andy. One of my kids has caught it. My youngest daughter, when she joined high school, went from a primary school with probably 200 students. She went to like the high school with 1,800 students. So I think it was just a sheer volume of bodies. Yeah, of course. But the seven, eight of us that trained, not one of us have been ill. Not one of us actually been ill full stop no. the whole time. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, you guys are healthy. You prioritize health and exercise. It's crazy, and nutrition. isn't it? It's a crazy idea. How dare you suggest that, Andy? How dare you suggest that as a Who reason? would have did you thought? See, did you fucking see what that crazy bitch Jen Saki said on um on uh somebody asked her about um there was some like CDC guidelines about getting like healthy. Uh and and she she literally said, No, what you should do is get vaccinated and get boosted. You're like You've just said that you shouldn't get... You've literally just said you shouldn't get healthy. I probably sent it to Ali. And um, you did. you're just going, how the fuck? This woman is the mouthpiece of the government in America. Apparently the, you know, the most you know, powerful man in the world. Obviously he's not. But he's just going, she's just said, like, don't worry about getting healthy. Just get vaccinated. Bro, we like, had um in, in Maryland... I want to say it was Maryland or Delaware or something, some some little small um, state on the East Coast. But they literally had a propaganda marketing thing going, and it was worded pretty much just like this. It was, in order to lose five pounds and be healthy, you need to run, I don't know, a mile every two days or some shit like that. And then they were like, or you can just get a vaccine and just keep eating like shit. Like, that's pretty much the basis of it. And they were running this as their like vaccine their, their covid fucking standpoint and i saw this i'm like what the fuck is wrong like not only are you literally said hey you could pretty much they're admitting is like yeah you could exercise and be fine or you could just get a vaccine and not exercise at all but but you're telling me there's not another fucking underlying agenda here yeah this yeah, is, it, this, and this mind is blowing to me. You know, I'm laughing, but it's it's not it's not funny in the slightest. It's fucking terrifying. Well, I terrifying. think they're losing control. I I think they're losing control over it. Which is, and I know you guys have been keeping up with this, the whole Joe Rogan shit that they've started. Um, yep. which I'm not like I don't really listen to a lot of Rogan. Like I think he's the fucking goat as far as podcast and shit go, and he's probably a really solid dude. But it's pretty obvious what they're doing here with that, like. They're losing control because now with Omicron or whatever the hell you want to call it, everyone is getting COVID. Everyone. It doesn't matter if you have vaccine. doesn't matter if you have the boosters. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. Everyone is getting COVID. But, but they're realizing it's not that big of a deal. So now they're like, well, why the fuck would I get more vaccines? So now you have you know um, Pfizer and shit like that, and they're freaking out along with the politicians. They're freaking out because they're like, wait, fuck. We're losing control over this. 
So now they need an enemy. They need an enemy to make it seem like to, to kind of distract people and to be like, oh, well, if you don't get it, you're, you're conspiracy theorists like Joe Rogan, or you're like the enemy if you don't get a vaccine, or if you listen to this other, this other side of things, you're the enemy and no one wants to be the enemy. No one wants to be the outcast or the bad guy. So then they kind of, now they're, that this is, they're, they're desperate is what I'm trying to get to. They're desperate because they're losing control over this whole fucking thing that they've been pushing for the past two years. I mean, I said to Ali not that long ago, um, Ali, I'm sure you'll remember, um, I, I don't really watch the news, but if I'm at my parents' house and, and you know, BBC's on, uh, you know, you'll listen to it. And, I, and it was for the first time I would have said, are these, what they're saying and what is happening on the streets, they're not, they're not, they're so far, like, unaligned. Because you're speaking to everybody on the streets and just going, I don't, under, I don't understand why I have to get a booster shot. Because what, what the fuck is the point? And what they're saying on the, the radio constantly, uh, on the news constantly from, you know, the BBC and what people are telling you, you're going, oh, this is now so far apart. It, it's now hilarious. And it is like they've completely lost control of the situation and they haven't got a fucking clue how to, 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 to get it back. Well, that's why they're doing this shit like, you know, like they're doing with Joe. I mean, CNN gets, I think six million views or some shit a day or something every time joe rogan released a podcast episode it's over 11 million yeah so this dude has more power more control than the news sources in the united states do that's fucking scary to them it's not scary to people like us but it's terrifying to people like that that are trying to push a different agenda that this person has more control yeah i was gonna say andy sorry jumping in i think as well what terrifies them more is i reckon if you look at the demographics I reckon the people that are watching CNN are probably, you know, I'm 43, so I'm saying my age and older. Whereas the the podcast is going to be listened to by probably 16 and up. It's a different generation. Because Mm -hmm. like my kids, my kids are like 18, well, now 19, uh, 19, 17 and 12. They don't watch news. They don't watch the telly. They have no concept like I grew up of I need to be in at half past eight on a Thursday night to watch my program because otherwise I'm going to miss it forever because there's no repeat, there's no plus one, there's no TiVo instant record. They have no concept of that world, but they live in social media land. YouTube to them is a channel to watch, if that makes sense, but it's still to me is to watch funny videos of people being idiots and falling over and hurting themselves. And I think that's what terrifies people more. Like, and by people, I mean like network heads, that they're looking at their demographic going, see in 10, 15 years' time, most of our demographics are going to be old and dying. And this podcast and these long-form conversations like you have on your podcast, like we have on ours, are becoming more and more prevalent with people that have got a long time to live and are going to be the ones that are going to start voting going to start running for office, going to start running businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that terrifies the fuck out of them. I've been thinking about that a lot the past couple of days. Very, very same thought process. And it, it gives me it gives me hope. Like, I used to be a very negative person. And I'm like, the world's fucked. Humanity's fucked. Fuck everything. Whatever. And the older I get and just, you know, more life experience and shit I have, I'm like, no. Like, I, I think... I think it's beautiful what's happening because like you said, they're, they're losing control because they don't know how you can't control shit like this. They can't stop people like me and you from having a conversation. They can't stop people from Joe Rogan from 
having like just this massive juggernaut pool that he has. And what, what that does though, is like, it gives us hope It's like, is it going to, you're still going to have the other side of course, and that's fine, whatever. But for the most part, it's a really beautiful thing of what's happening now. You know, whenever I got a five-year-old, you said you got, you know, your kids are teenagers, man. And like, it's going to be a completely different scene in 10 to 20 years. And I'm, I'm stoked to see what it looks like. Hopefully it's not a complete shit show, but I really, I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be, I think there's gonna be a lot more common sense. And I think overall, like the bullshit and the control and the lies and all this shit are going to be a lot less. I mean, you still have the lies and shit. Honestly, the lies and shit are more prominent now because of social media but at the same time, like it depends on who you follow and shit like that. And with enough yeah. good people going out of their way to to create valuable content with the hopes that's going to help someone else. And I think that's something too. Like you're giving more people voice. You're giving more people a voice that want to help other people. Yeah. Well, is, that's the thing because ten, ten, even five years ago, I would I would never have heard about you and your business. It just wouldn't right. have happened. You know, I'm over here in Scotland we wouldn't have heard about your business. I wouldn't have heard you and Cody doing the podcast because it didn't, you know, it wasn't in, in the world. It wouldn't um, have been possible. And th- no, and things are changing so rapidly. It's funny talking about controlling the content because Chris knows about this, but a couple of the guys in our gym have started listening to our podcast, which is super cool, you know, yeah. when your friends actually pick up and start listening to it. But there's a, one of the young lads at the gym, Paddy McRitchie, shout out to Paddy if he's listening. Um, he said he listened to one of the first episodes. He says he's just getting into listening to podcasts. And he goes, you and Chris call each other pussies on it. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, are you allowed to do that? And we're like, yeah, it's our fucking podcast. We can swear. There's no like, there's no director. There's no director in these headphones going, we're going to go to advert in 15 seconds. Wind it up. Like, nah, me and Chris just get on and start talking. The guest comes on like yourself and starts talking. We've got no list of questions to ask you because when we started the podcast, probably something to yourself, Andy, we like, there's people that are way better than us at interviewing people. What no one's better at doing than us is being us. Right. So we're just going to be us. We're going to call each other dicks. We're going to call each other cunts. We're going to call each other pussies. And hey, if you don't like it, Okay. They don't fucking yeah. listen to it. Yeah, don't, don't listen, listen to it. Yeah. Go find something else. Because there is something out there that tailors more to that demographic and to that person. And that's the yeah. thing too, is like you can't get caught up in trying to please everybody. And I think as you get older, what age are you, Andy, actually? I'm 30. I turned 30 in May. So okay, younger. so you're the youngest one. So I'm 37. Ali's 53. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Ali's, what are you, 43? No. Now, now you understand why we call each other dicks and cunts all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm four, 43, 43. As you get older, um, I have no interest in trying to fit in with any crowd, trying to please anybody for pleasing them's sake. I'm just going to do what the fuck I want to do. We don't say anything ridiculous. And um, if people like that, awesome. If you don't like it, awesome. It's, I think it's, it's a cool thing as you start to get older and you lose, you know, you kind of shake off the shackles of, Society, and just do what the fuck you want to do. Do what makes you happy. As long as you're not hurting people, go crazy. Do what you want. Well, it uh, kind of goes back to our conversation earlier too about you know the, the things weren't available like they are now, and I don't think people understand how to deal with the amount of information that is coming in. You know, a couple hundred years ago, you had no idea what the fuck was going on even in your own country. 
like you you had zero idea or even if it was the next town over you probably didn't know what the fuck was going on and now we know exactly what is going on all of the time we know all of the worst shit so yeah. it's very easy to fall into this very negative mindset that the world is burning and there's no hope and all this other shit and that's a very bad place to come into you know that's where anxiety comes from that's where depression comes from and all these other things that people are experiencing now and it's because they sit on their fucking phone all day looking at all the terrible shit but that terrible shit has always been happening it, it's always going to happen and of course we never see the good shit because it does that's not what sells but I think a large part of depression and anxiety and everything else like that comes from just the massive overload of information, especially bad information at that, that we are bombarded with every single day. What's um, what I think, uh, uh, what I think is a great, and I've asked people this question before and people have asked me this question before, you know, if um, people say, you know, what, what would you do if you, you know, you won the lottery, you know, you don't want to, I think on, uh, we have a, a Euro, a Euro, like a European wide, uh, lottery on Friday, and I believe it's over a hundred million. Uh, and you know, people say, you know, what would you do if you won that kind of money? And most people would say, you know, I'd, you know, I'd want to buy a Lamborghini, I'd want to buy a mansion, I'd want to, you know, I want to go to the Caribbean. And to me, I'm like, I'd be doing the exact same shit. I'd be talking to the same cool people. Uh, I'd be trying to get better at jiu-jitsu. I'd go climb hills. I'd do triathlons, but I'd maybe go, hey, I, you know, I'd like to do one in. Uh, but, you know, there's a, mar- there's a marathon in North Carolina that looks really fun. I'm going to go and do that because you can yeah. just go and do it then. But I think so many people are living on this hope of if I just win this money, I can just get this Porsche and then life will be awesome. And, you, you know, it just, doesn't fix it. No. And it doesn't fix anything. It's like, I don't, you know, and it's so sad to watch a lot of people living in that hope, um, you know, that false hope of this, you know, I just had this thing. Everything would be better. It won't be better. You know what I mean? Go fucking I, go deadlift, dickhead. It, it it is sad. <laughs> it's it's extremely sad. But at the same time, what are these? What are most people doing to improve their situations? You know, we have more information available now than we have ever had throughout history. Like I can pick up my phone and learn about anything that I want to learn about, and it doesn't cost me anything besides you know the Wi-Fi bill or cell phone or whatever it is. These people they bitch about money or they bitch about their weight and exercise and all this other stuff, but they do absolutely nothing to learn more about it. You can go to YouTube and watch a video where someone is teaching you exactly what you need to do in order to make more money, to get out of poverty or whatever it may be, but they don't do that. It was, well, if I could win the lottery, I could, my whole life would change. Well, you can start changing your fucking life right now. All, all it takes is a little bit of effort. It takes 10 minutes of reading per day. And you know, 10, you know, more tomorrow than you did the day before. And if you make a habit of doing that every single day, holy shit, in a year, you're a completely different person and your life is no longer the same as it was. But these people that they, they sit there and they daydream all day about this, you know, like you said, winning the lottery. Yeah, it'd be nice. But what, 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 what is that going to do sitting there wasting time and energy thinking about some fantasy shit that may never happen instead of just taking action and doing something now. And I think because Andy, we live in a world where everybody wants, everybody wants a magic pill for everything. You know, I'd like to lose weight. I need a magic pill, you know, and, and as you get so fed up and I know a lot of people now certainly here are speaking out about, uh, you know, these cleanse diets and all this bills. You go, listen, listen, like 
if you consume less calories than you burn, you will lose weight. Do you lose weight? <laughs> like that's how simple it is. Now, obviously, you want to eat as well as you can, um, but people, everybody, no, but you, you can't lose ten kilos, you know, twenty pounds, really quickly. You know, it takes a matter of weeks, a matter of months, however you want to do it. Um, it also takes work, and, and it takes hard work. You have to be committed. Yeah, I'm really hungry, and I, maybe I could just get this. Well, you could do, but nothing will change. But everybody looks for this instant gratification, and I think that ties into how many likes did I get on that last Instagram post? You know, you know, do people you know? Fuck, shit. everything takes time. It, nothing is instant, and we live in an instant world where everything has. You know, you know, people now. This it seems insane to me because. Uh, they're getting built everywhere just now. I know America has loads of like drive through coffee places. We're now getting so many drive through coffee places. There's a new Starbucks opening just along the road from us. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you literally have a kitchen in your house. But you want to drive to this place and go, uh, large mochaccino, whopper, chopper, whatever it is. <laughs> whopper, this chopper. fucking thing. And it's like, what's the next stage? Like You go to the next window and it's like, just... And they put it into you like it's so fucking lazy. Like fucking hell. Well, then they, we also saw, you know, at least over here, this is just mind blowing to me. Not only, you know, you could just drive to McDonald's before and you drive through the drive through and you get your Big Mac wherever the hell. But now, because of COVID, now they deliver the Big Mac <laughs> to your fucking yep. house. And I saw this in my neighborhood the other day, and I was like not only are you eating McDonald's, which everyone knows is shit. Like there's not a single person that doesn't know that. At least I, I, I'd be mind blown yeah. if they didn't. But anyways, not only do you know that it's shit, but you couldn't even get inside your fucking car and drive four minutes down the road to get your shit food. You had to pay someone else to deliver it to you because your fat ass couldn't go out the fucking front door and do something else. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's mind blowing to me, man. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really, and we we were talking about this. Um, I was talking about this with some of the guys at work the other day, and there was a you won't know who he is, Andy, but there was a stand-up comedian and um, the UK called Lee Evans, and he did a joke about this when when drive-through uh, first came to the UK in like the nineties, and he and he did a bit about this about how it was so lazy to go to a drive-through, and like the next stage of that was going to be asking the the person to chew it for you because you can't be bothered to chew and it was and, it, and it's now like 25 years later we're literally at that point but like you're saying i don't have to go to mcdonald's now i'll just get a uber eats or a delivery yeah like fuck man what's the next stage after that they're just gonna I, like I, blend it and make it a drink so you don't have to fucking yeah. hell well that's the kind of shit that you see in like sci-fi movies and what's crazy is that you know the older as time goes on, the sci-fi shit that 20 years ago, people were like, that's never going to fucking happen. Now it's like, mm. no, it is. It's it's getting there where, like you said, they blend it up and there's like a fucking tube going into your throat or some shit. And that way you don't have to take off your fucking goggles to leave your metaverse or whatever the hell they're calling it now. That's where we are. Like, we're almost there. And I hope that people... It does seem, you know, like we can talk all day about all the fucked up parts of the world, but it does seem like there's a huge rise in people wanting to get their shit together and they want yeah. to improve. And I, and I think it's more now than it has been in the past hundred years. Like, I think really people yeah. are really trying to get their shit together now. And luckily there are a ton of resources and people are 
people are really doing that. You know, say like with jujitsu 20 years ago, you, you guys probably know this. There might have been one place in Scotland that taught jujitsu. Yeah, maybe. And now how yeah. many do you guys have? I mean, probably well over a hundred, I would think across like the entire country. Yeah. Probably. I mean, there's, there's what four or five within give or take a 15 minutes drive of our, of our respective houses nowadays. Yeah. Right. And, and even and on t- that, Andy, when we first started, like a blue belt was like, you know, even when I, I kind of dabbled in it a few years back and then Chris has been training pretty consistently for about the last six years. But Chris, you'll be the same. Remember, a blue belt was like, holy shit, he's a blue belt. <laughs> <laughs> a blue and belt. now me and Chris are blue belts and we're like, we're fucking idiots. We don't know what we're doing, but we're blue belts. <laughs> but do you know, there was like that mythical, because as you said, Andy, there was no one really doing it. So if you were a blue belt, you were already so far ahead of everyone else. And and a purple belt was like, you know, a unicorn. And a brown belt was, you know, a unicorn with wings. And fuck knows what a black belt was. But, you know, God. there was just no frame of reference to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Whereas now, like you say, there's gyms everywhere. There's, there's what, eight or nine blue belts in our gym alone. Yeah. Well, that's the um, thing is those, not- there, would, there wouldn't be as many places available if there weren't so many people trying to get better. And that's where, yeah. what we have to really look at here. You know, like in Concord, where, where we live, I mean, just in Concord, like we have nor- just on the road that the Norse compound is on, which is where I'm at right now. I'd say there's probably eight gyms and they're, they're bigger gyms. Like I would say Norse compound is one of the smaller ones, but it's because we're like more niche and private and stuff. But just on this road, there's eight other gyms and all those gyms are packed at any given time. So that wouldn't exist that there weren't so many people now trying to get better. Yeah. But then you, yeah. but then, like I said, in the beginning of this conversation, you have so many outside forces trying to stop these people from improving. And that's what really just, it, it, it keeps me up at night from how fucking mad I get about it is the amount of outside sources that are trying to stop these people from getting better when I know that they want to, but you know how they don't know the difference, man. Like they see something on Instagram that says meat is bad for you. And they go, well, fuck, I can't eat meat or, you know, cardio. I can't do too much cardio. Oh, I shouldn't go hike a hill. It's bad for my knees, but that's the kind of shit that they see. And it's because you have so many other outside sources trying to make society weak. And that's, I mean, out of everything that I do, I think that's, that's really what I'm fighting against is because that's, it literally keeps me up at night. I'll be laying in bed. I just get fucking mad about it. Yeah. I have to, I, I do agree with you though. Um, and I do see a bit of a pushback now. I think we're probably, um, we've probably reached peak. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say the, the R word, but I better not because we'll get, we'll get banned for that. <laughs> but we'll probably be uh, peak stupidity. I think we're just about there. And I do think there is a pushback now where you, you know, and I, I you know, I don't want to take any credit, but I think people like us. But, you know, I think, I, I, you know, but I think some of the younger guys at the gym do look towards older guys like us and go, you know, and our, our coach, John, is 55 uh, and his buddy Raymond is uh, 52, 53. Those guys are fucking maniacs. Maniacs. They're still getting after it, 50 odd year old. And I think they look at that kind of thing and go, Hey, I wonder, I wonder you know, how strong can I get? Can I, can, I de- can, I, can I squat 200 kilos? Can I deadlift 220? And I, I think that does help. And I think when you see, and it goes back to you know what we're talking about earlier as well, is you know, like having a strong male presence for anybody, 
It's super important because, you know, a, a lot of the guys out at the gym as well are asking about us jumping in, in a lock on a Sunday morning. They haven't actually joined us yet, but they're asking the question like, what, you know, can they maybe come? How cold is it? Is it really cold? Can we jump? But, and I think that's that's important for those guys to get in a, an environment with some uh, some really cool, strong men. And Ali comes as well. Uh, but to be around us uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to get shit on, obviously. But I think it's important. And I, I think there is, as you were saying, there is starting to become a pushback. And I am encouraged with what I see because a lot of people are, uh, you look at, you know, that, I, I don't know who the, the, the I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say guy, but the person who, there's loads of memes about him in the White House, the guy with like the white pants on and like long nails. Um, I'm I think he, was sure. some, he had some job in the White House. And it was like... Oh, is that that health know, admiral? The admiral of the health? No, 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 no. Like oh, a young, okay. younger he, him, she, or whatever, whatever it is. And um, I think people look at that kind of stuff and go, I don't want to be this fucking thing. Like You're using it as motivation, right? I, mean, I think you're entirely think right. But... Want, and I think we've now reached the point of peak stupidity. And I think we're going to start seeing... Some pushback where people go, fuck that. I want to I want to hike. I want to I want to deadlift. I want to eat a big bit of fucking steak. Uh, hopefully. I agree. Uh, I think so too. And I think it is a lack of male guidance because I mean over the past hundred years, you know, I think it really started with the industrial revolution. Before that, men, boys worked on the farm or they went out on hunts or whatever it may have been. They worked along side their grandpa their dad mm. generations of strong men right well then then the industrial revolution came along and these men that used to be at home with their sons well they were no longer at home with their sons now they're working 18 hour days in the coal mines or whatever it may have been so then who is at home raising the boy yeah, the mom it, the mom right or the grandma or the, the teacher which is usually females you know which there's nothing wrong with that but a female can't teach a man how to be a man and then even you know so you think everyone can benefit from a male role model and even like i have a five-year-old daughter my job like my my top job out of anything that i do is to set the highest standard of what a man should be that way when my daughter starts dating and she starts looking for a husband or whatever she's going to compare anyone to me and if i set the right expectation for her she's going to get together with someone solid that's going to treat her well and provide for the family and everything else so yeah it's not just with men and boys or father and sons it's also father and daughters but then it carries over to females as well like you know if you have a if you have a solid mom, the mom teaches the boy how to properly treat a woman with respect and everything else. And then also you, you need both sides, I think. But yeah. during the Industrial Revolution, we really did start seeing a decline in men being at home with their kids. And now it's I mean, we're not working in factories as much as we used to, at least not here in the States. But you still have guys they're working in offices now, which honestly might even be worse because they're just sitting down all day, not really doing shit. And they're absent from the sun or whatever, but they're working still 12, 14 hour days. And it doesn't ever turn off because now they go home and they're having to work on their phone. You know, they're, they're still not present with their kids. Yeah. And uh, it's a huge issue, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, uh, you know, I said, I don't have any kids, but, um, have a, a, a nephew who's um, nine and a niece who's four, and uh, 
one of the you know businesses that I'm involved with, Andy. I have a, a lovely little gym set up, and um, they quite often come down and they'll do some stuff in the gym because Uncle Chris goes to the gym, so we're going to go in there and play, and I just encourage them and show them kind of you know what to do, what not to do, and um, you know my nephew. There was uh, an incident at school uh, last week. Some, some, you know, as kids do, as you were talking about earlier, you know, they, they were fighting and all this kind of stuff. So I just kind of told them, this is how we take people down. This is how you keep them down. And uh, to give them an advantage, because who else is going to teach them that? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what right. I mean? Like, I know how to do it. I want to teach you how to do it. And this is how you, these mm. you fuck little people up. <laughs> this, this <is> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I do, but you, it's not, it's not teaching them how to beat people up. It's saying, you're not allowed to start a fight. If somebody starts a fight with you, this is how you end the fight. You don't have to hurt them. You can just restrain them. They still need someone to teach them that, though. Like, and, yeah, that, and yeah, that's, yeah, and that's your job as the uncle, you know. And even if you don't have crazy to, uncle, it's like you, it's the crazy, <laughs> uncle. crazy uncle. But you're, you're you're still a role model for those kids. Yeah. And just like at the gym, like you said, there's younger dudes, and now they're looking up to yeah. the older guys. And that's always how it's been as well. You had like the elders of the tribe and shit like that, and they kind of gave everyone guidance about how to live life. Because when you're in your early 20s and teenagers, you don't fucking know. And then even at 30, like, I think I know, but I, I don't, I know I'm going to look back in 10 years, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, but yep. there's always been a hierarchy almost, you know, yep. you have your elders and you have the people underneath them and them and them, and they worked their way down the generation and they all worked in like a chain reaction in order to, to help each other grow. Yeah. I, th I think as well, it's important that, uh, you know, in terms of the strong male role model, just strong role model, male role models in general. Because my my eldest boy Aaron used to train with us. He's working full time now, so struggles with his shifts. But he came along um, when he was fourteen to train at the gym, the jujitsu gym, with me and Chris and a few of the other guys. Because he was going through a few issues, as you do when you're a teenager. Um, and he came along, and I had said to him before we went, I was like, "Look, you're going to see me for probably the first time in your life as not dad. I'm going to be Ali when I'm there." I was like, so you're going to see how I interact with other guys and women, because there's women that train. I says, you're going to see a different side than I'm in the house. <laughs> and I was like, but it's good because you'll see how it actually works in the real world of work, of friends, of mates, where there's not the same rules that are applied by school. Um, and I remember vividly one time he'd been coming for about four or five months and obviously he'd seen me like give Chris shit. Chris had given shit back to me and obviously the same with the other guys in the gym. And uh, one night, one of the guys kind of had a little bit of a dig at Aaron, like verbally, not physically, but verbally kind of went after him a little bit with a bit, of, a bit of banter, which in the school probably would have yellow carded. They'd be like, oh, that's bullying, it's bullying. And I just kind of sat back and watched it. And uh, when, we all, when it had all finished, we were walking home. I said to Aaron, you know, that means the guys have accepted you now, right? And he was like, yeah, I do, because I've seen you doing it for the last three or four months that, you know, when the new guys come in, I'm very respectful. I chat to them. I show them the ropes. When I'm with Chris, I'll call him an asshole. <laughs> Whereas Aaron had seen that side of when it's a new guy and he doesn't know what he's doing, you help him out. When it's someone that knows what they're doing and you're really good friends with them, you tell him his jujitsu sucks and he's an asshole. Because that's what you do with your friends. It works. <laughs> and, and that's what Aaron, Aaron had always been treated respectfully, respectfully, respectfully. And then one of the guys kind of gave him a bit of verbal abuse. 
and I said that means you've now been accepted into uh, you know to use your tri- your word Andy kind of accepted to the tribe accepted into the clan mm-hmm. and I says but what you can now do is you can give it back to him verbally so that's your next challenge is to learn how to dish it back <laughs> out and don't just sit there <laughs> passively because that's the next level um, and I think that was important for him to see that you know before he moved into the world of work um, you know, just going straight from academia where there's the teacher that overrules it and, you know, very, quieting down class, that kind of mentality. He saw the little bit of the adult world and how, you know, how adults interact with each other in the real world is massively but, important. You say adults, I don't believe girls do that. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Get- I've seen it with my daughters and the way they talk to each other, though. So I'm not sure girls shit on each other the same way guys do. I don't think that's... I think they have I don't their think own form of it. Same way, but yeah, I was gonna say they definitely they have definitely their own have form because I've heard that I've heard Anya and her pals because they're now like twelve and thirteen and they can go after each other like just in a different way. Like <laughs> I think girls are worse. They about probably it, wouldn't man, call honestly. Yeah. Oh, totally. They wouldn't call each other assholes. They're like, "Wow, you're actually wearing that today," and you're like, "Oh, ow." And I've said, I've said, man. I'll, I'll say that to friends. <laughs> I think you said something. I think you said something important though about instead of you, you wanted to teach him not to just passively sit by and accept that. You know, if if a if a man or a female as well learns that at a young enough age, that's going to help them throughout their entire life because they're not just going to sit back and take shit from people. They're going to yes, you know, when a line gets crossed, they're going to fucking give it back and once again like if you don't have someone that's going to like you luckily your son has you and he you told him this is how you fucking do it but a lot of people they don't have that or they just have men that it wasn't taught to them by their dads or whatever and now you have a lot of really passive fucking people that don't know how to handle controversy and especially because of social media because you can say whatever the fuck you want and not get knocked in the mouth usually so i think that that's going to help your son 20 years from now even you know like that it's huge and it was just something super small but it's going to carry over down the road as well yeah totally 100 yeah, 100 no, um yeah there's been uh there's been a lot of cool stuff said here tonight i'm gonna to have to listen back to this and uh <laughs> i can't i can't I'm, i've been hitting the head a lot and i can't remember a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been um been an interesting conversation so far i don't know how much of your time you have andy but yeah it's been interesting so far I think with, oh, um, I'm having a good time. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those. It's one of those um, conversations where I don't even think we've scratched the surface of anything as yet. There's still a million things that I'd like to talk about, but uh, yeah. So I think uh, Ali, you were saying that Andy had just come back from uh, Iceland. Is that right? Yeah, I've just came back from. Was it three weeks you were in Iceland? I see on your your Insta there, Andy. I was supposed to be there for two okay. weeks. Yeah, I was supposed to be okay. there for 14 days, but I ended up coming home six days early because the airlines fucked up my return flight. Okay. So I was there for about five days. I, I go to Iceland. Well, before the pandemic, I, I went to Iceland about every three to four months. And now, I mean, I'm probably, I already plan on going back in May. Mm. We're going to do the, um. so like in Iceland, you have the, pretty much everyone lives on the exterior. It's the only inhabitable spot of Iceland is along the coast, you know, and, but that's, 20% of the country maybe. And then you still have another 80% of the country that is called the Highlands. So very similar to your guys' Highlands, I guess, as far as the name goes. And that shit is like a whole other world from what I can imagine. And I'm huge on hiking and camping and stuff like that. So my buddy Runar, he lives over there. 
he's actually um he's gonna do his first fight Saturday, so I'm super stoked on that. He um he went from powerlifting to he's been boxing for the past six months, and now he's gonna fight. So that's super cool. Okay. But he um I asked him we we're sitting in the hot tub a few weeks ago, and I was like, man, I cannot stop thinking about hiking the Highlands. You know, I just wanted to take four days and hike it, not be around anybody. I mean, there's not shit out there. And I'm like, would you be down for that? And he's like, absolutely. Let's go. So we got a date in mind and everything else. So yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to be back there. The plan is to fly there on May 25th. And then his brother, Hasty, actually, I guess, Wardruna. There's, it's like a, um, it's a band, but they're going to be playing in Reykjavik. Someone go to that concert with Hasey and then pretty much probably the next day, me and Rune are going to adventure out into the Highlands and awesome. go sleep out there for four to five days and just hike will, across um, it. Look forward to looking at some of those pictures on Instagram for sure if you if you can post them. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to. He's on. It, luckily, he's like one of the best photographers in Iceland. He's oh, also one of my okay. best friends. So like, and he loves oh, photography, especially nature. So I'm personally fucking stoked so, on the pictures that he's going to get. That's, um, one of the countries is one of the countries that... Um, I'm desperate to go to. So I was supposed to go uh, July 2020. Um, the the Brazilian the BGJ Globetrotters. Uh, they do uh, camps all over the all over the world, and there was one in Reykjavik, and I was booked to go on it. And then it just obviously COVID fell apart, and it was not possible. Um, I was so excited to do that. Just go train. They have like a you know, what's the the, uh, the gym? What's the big gym called? Um, no, Mjolnir. Yeah, Mjolnir. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson's yeah. gym. Gunnar yeah, it's Nelson's in the side gym. of a fucking mountain, dude. Like yeah. it's literally like you you see the pictures and shit, and you're like, oh, that's cool. They got like some rocks rocks on the wall. No, the fucking gym is inside the mountain. Like yeah. I didn't realize that until I drove past it, and you know I saw the signs and shit. I'm like, wait, is that Mjolnir? Mjolnir? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, it's it's in the side of the fucking mountain. Like what the hell? Yeah. It's super cool. I haven't been there. Um, like I'm just now getting started in the whole martial arts world. But, That's what it was, but I, I would I would really love to go check that place out sometime. And too, dude, man, there's a ton of jujitsu places actually over there. Boxing's not as big, but jujitsu really seems to be taking off. And it's probably because of Mjolnir. You know, there's a lot of yeah. they're they're huge. Like they're worldwide. Everyone knows who that gym is just because yeah, you know yeah. they got some top level athletes and shit. Yeah. But Iceland in general, it's everyone everyone in Iceland exercises. Like yeah. everyone in extra everyone in Iceland wants to be strong. They want to be fit, and it's it's really cool because it's the opposite of the rest of the world. I think, but. You know, there's a ton of gyms. It's a very small population, but there's a ton of gyms. But once again, because they need that many gyms to keep up with people. And I think it's because of the environment, man. Like, so like Iceland looks very similar to Scotland. It's very, very similar. And, but the weather is 10 times worse. So like, you know, in Scotland, it changes snap of your fingers. It could be sunny and then it's raining and storming, whatever. In Iceland, it's, it's sunny but then two seconds later, it's 160 mile per hour winds and a snowstorm. And then you get 21 feet of snow overnight. Like it's just, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's, it's nuts, but it, that must've been very hard. And I always think about that, especially last time I was there, cause I was freezing my ass off. And I was like, I cannot imagine living in this, these conditions even a hundred years ago. And I think it's like, I think it's in their DNA. National Geographic's actually did a, they went over there and they did a study with my buddy. Hasey was part of it. Runar was as well. Half Thor, Bjornsson, um, some of the CrossFit chicks, 
probably know like the people over at Mueller might've been in it too, but national geographics did DNA tests on these people to see if there was like something unique to Iceland in the genetics that made them who they are. And there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing. And I think that goes back to like the cultural, like, it's just, it's in, it's part of that country and part of their culture is to be strong. You're not allowed to be weak because if you're weak, you're going to fucking die. At least that's how it was yeah. 50 years ago over there. So yeah, yeah. That, that's really cool. That's, it's a, that, that's how everyone is over there. Like, you know, I've seen we're on Hazy's dad. They've he's lifted the full circle stone over there, which is like 320 pounds. I think he said he's done it 56 times in his life. He's, <laughs> he's in his fifties and sixties now, and he could easily go over there and probably do it again. Um, you know, same with half Thor, like everyone looks at half Thor and they're like, Oh, you know, he's super strong, which he is of course. And he's a giant of a man. Half Thor's grandpa and his dad are taller than half Thor are like his, yeah. his grandpa is one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life. And that dude has probably never picked up weights in his life, but half Thor grew up on his grandpa's farm, picking up giant rocks and shit. Like that's just, it's part of their culture is to be strong. So yeah, it's cool over there, man. Yeah. It's, it's genuinely there's not so one of the places I love uh, I love Chamonix in France uh, you know I've been there done the marathon uh, it's great to climb hills and I adore that place the only other like the only other place I really want to go like I have to go is Iceland um, and I remember uh, me and Ali have talked about this before so there was a documentary on uh, Netflix called Under an, Under an Arctic Sky yeah, but it's I'm American kids and they want to go surf. this like I think it's like the oh, North. It's a cool documentary. Yeah, I've seen. And it. I, yeah. I just what you know watching it, just going, holy shit, Iceland is amazing. Like, I have to go to Iceland. And, it's a uh, different it world, man. Hasn't happened yet, but that's one of those places where I could probably live in Iceland. Like it's oh it yeah, super cool. You know, it just they um. Me. So the moon, whenever NASA was training for the moon landing or whatever the fuck, fifty years ago they were training in Iceland because it was the close because Iceland had the most similar landscape to the moon than anywhere else in the world. So when I tell people like Iceland looks like a different world, it's because Iceland literally looks like a different planet in certain parts of it. Like you get there and you're just like it, like I said, it's very similar to um, I'd say Iceland's a mixture of Norway and Scotland is the best way to put it. But there are certain parts of it where you're just like, this is nothing. This is not like anything else. Like your brain almost can't comprehend what you're seeing because it's so foreign to you. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely looks amazing. So that's one of the places where um, I think actually when I watched that documentary, the first thing I did when it finished was I have to see if there's a marathon in, in Iceland. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like sure have, there are, man. Have to see if something, but like you say, not like I'm sure there'll be a marathon in Reykjavik because there always is in, in, you know, capital cities and stuff. But like where you're talking about in the center of the country, which is like bleak and there's no aid stations and it's like you have they, to take all your own stuff. That's They the do I have one. one. They oh, do really? have one. Yeah, because when I was telling Runar about how I wanted to do the Highlands, like, yeah, they do like a marathon through there. Um, it's like four days or something like that. So, yeah, they, they do, in fact, have it. I'll try to reach out to him. And after the podcast, if I can find yeah, the, the name that's... of the marathon, I'll send it to you. That's the kind of shit that I want to do. Yeah, it just looks so cool. So, um, but also... You know, like I'm sure we talked about this um, because we had uh, we spoke to Bert Soren. I don't know if you know Bert. He's uh, he's South Carolina. You know, we we're talking about that, like America, and like uh, since we we're talking about Florida, um, like I have no interest. You know, every day me and Ali send each other a Florida man 
meme. Something about somebody in Florida. I just said on this one day. I said it one this morning about um, some guy in Florida and he caught himself on his own dash cam having road rage with somebody and then fucking taking a pistol out and just shooting through his own windows at somebody's car. Like, insane. So Florida, as you were saying earlier on, is not not the spot. Uh, I have those no are, those memes spot. and shit aren't bullshit, man. Like, I, I grew up in Florida, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, I was born in um, I was born in Orlando, which is like central Florida. And then we moved to Panama City and I lived there until I was 25. It's no exaggeration. These motherfuckers fight dinosaurs for fun. Like my dad grew up. <laughs> my dad used to tell me stories, man, about how him and his buddies in high school would get drunk and go out into the boat and they'd see a fucking alligator, a six foot alligator, and they would just jump in the water and fuck around with a six foot dinosaur, you know, like, or, or you know, taking rattlesnakes and putting them in like people and like they take rattlesnakes and throw them in people's mailboxes for the fuck of it. And which is fucked, but they, I remember being five years old and my grand, my great grandfather lived on a, it was like a pond, lake, whatever. And I walked outside just to go fuck around. And there was an eight foot alligator just sunbathing oh out in the backyard. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I turned, turned around real quick and went back inside. But then you have panthers, you know, you got black panthers in Florida that just like, they're very territorial. And I remember I worked with this chick and she was telling me about how there was this black Panther sitting on front on top of her fucking car when she went out for work and Panthers. They, I think it's like a, I want to say it's like 30 to 50 mile radius is theirs. And that's why they're going extinct is because there's not a lot of like, you know, nature left as far as like 50 miles or so just for one Panther. But her house happened to fall into what this dude considered was his territory. So all I can imagine is this chick like walking out her door in the morning to go to work and just darting to the car, hoping that this Panther doesn't just jump on her for the sake of it. And like the joke growing up in Florida was everything in Florida will kill you. And that's the truth. Like the ants will kill you. Things that fly around like bugs will kill you. If they sting you, you know, you got, you have water moxins that chase you. So like most snakes, they like, they might bite you if you get too close or something, but in Florida, the snakes chase you and then they can swim as well. So it's like, you can't even jump in a body of water because this moccasin is going to jump into the water and chase you there too. It's just, it's wild, man. But the people it is the most white trash place in, in the world. Like that's the best way to put it. When you think of just like white trash, Southern United States, that is the entirety of Florida. So, and then if you're, if they're not just like, honestly, just, crazy alcoholics that's the best way to put it you know they're just wild wanting to fight alligators and shit then they're just completely obsessed with nightclub culture and that is that is one thing i can't get behind like no matter how hard i've tried in my youth to to kind of fit in with it like i force myself to go to nightclubs and bars and shit i'm like i can't i still have pts dude ptsd about it i went to uh it was a supplement industry party actually and they had like a dj and shit People were drinking and whatnot, and the music started, and then these chicks went out to the floor, and they started grinding on each other, and I had PTSD from Florida, and I was like, I got to fucking go. I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> but yeah, man, Florida is like, Florida's wild, dude, and the people there are a product of that wild environment, I guess. The only time the only time I was in Florida was 1999, uh, a family holiday, obviously did all the touristy things, you know, Disneyland and all that, but I have no interest in going to those places that like North Carolina, South Carolina, Montana. That to me seems cool. 
Oh, yeah, we have the Appalachians and everything over here in North Carolina. It's it's yeah. great, man. I have no yeah. interest in, in like Florida or LA, <laughs> LA in particular. I, oh. you, you could fucking pay me to go to that shithole. <laughs> you guys would probably die from the heat, man. It doesn't ever get like in South Florida. It doesn't ever. I don't. I really bad at converting Fahrenheit to Celsius, but it, it gets no. In, during January, it's about eighty degrees in Miami year yeah. round. So I think you guys would yeah. literally just like melt probably or have a heat Genu- stroke. Yeah, genuinely, I was in, similar to Chris, I was in Orlando six years ago for Disney with the kids when the kids were younger, like the whole family, the wife as well. Um, and it was the month of December, and we went there because it was the coolest month. And it was still like, as you say, kind of high 70s, low 80s, which is about 16, 17 degrees for us in Scotland. I was literally in shorts and T-shirts. I'd have gone topless if they'd allowed me to. It was that warm. <laughs> and I was in the queue. I was in the queue going into the Magic Kingdom. And there was a guy in front of me that was obviously relatively local. And he had jeans, leather boots, a leather jacket, a scarf and a beanie. And was saying a security guard, and the security guard in front had like the big puffer jacket, the the earmuffs, keeping his ears warm. And they were talking about how cold it was. I was like, "Me, I'd be taps off if I could." It's I was literally melt. I had SPF fifty sun factor screen on to stop my skin falling off. And then it it's fucking a ridiculous. And then, then the sunscreen. Then you start to sweat because it's so damn hot. And then the sunscreen yeah. gets into your damn eyes, and you're miserable yeah. the rest of your time at Disney. Yeah, yeah it's. A miserable place. There will be. So we are now. What are we now? First of February. Um, yes. Second, whatever it is. First year. So we will. We are probably genuinely. We'll usually get like a warm week in April in Scotland, and, and by warm I mean, you know, fifteen degrees. So it might be high sixties, whatever, something around over there. You will see people walking around with no top on. <laughs> genuinely, that will not be uncommon at all. You know, it's, and it's you know sixty-five degrees. People will be totally. shorts, tops off. Guaranteed, that's a thing. So, yeah, we don't deal very well with the heat. <laughs> I don't either. That that was the issue growing up there for twenty-five years. As I like, I can't, I can't do heat, and even in North Carolina, it gets unbearable. Like, in, when I go over to Iceland, I remember in January. You know, it's a few weeks ago actually, which is weird to think about, but. You know, a few weeks ago, I wake up in the morning, I have some sweatpants on, no shoes, no shirt, whatever. I walk outside, Runar is making like snow caves with this kid. And I just walk out there, I'm just chilling. And he's like, are you not cold? I was like, no, actually, like this is this is fantastic. But yeah. here, and it's funny because my kid's the same way. Whenever it gets hot, and she's five now, so her personality is coming out. But when it really started getting hot here in about June or so, Every day I pick my kid up from school, she's like, it's so hot, just like miserable, just absolutely miserable. So it was a bonding experience between us because I was miserable as well. And we just, just hide pretty much during that whole, like four months of just unbearable heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I I remember being in uh, the only time I've ever, I don't, I don't do too badly in the heat, but when I went back to Chamonix the third time and I did, um, so two two of my friends came and um, my buddy Danny was doing the the 10k. So he's had like a, a hip replacement and stuff, and uh, he was doing the 10k. So I had done the day before. I'd done the vertical kilometer, which is as you say, you climb a vertical kilometer, and it was brutal. So they put the race back from an hour. Like it was supposed to start at 5 p.m. It started at 6 p.m. and it was still 35 degrees. It was incredible. The next day. So my buddy Danny was doing the 10k. It was 39 degrees. 
So I don't even know what that is. It must be like approaching a hundred, right? Like that's that's, yeah, that's pretty high. Warm. Yeah. And uh, my my buddy was doing it, and it was just horrific heat. But you know, we found a little pub and we had a pint, and we were sitting there. It was lovely. But uh, thirty nine, and that's the only time in my life that I've actually struggled with heat. Because you know, normally I'm, I you know, I, there must be some Mediterranean in my family someplace because I go <laughs> somewhere oh, so easy, and. Um, just walking back to the hotel and there's like I have to get out of the heat now like this is a fucking this is now an issue and I was actually getting to the point where it was really fucking with me that's the only time that was 39 degrees it's the warmest I've ever been but um but yeah that's uh it's not nice <laughs> don't like no, I don't like that heat. man it's don't like that heat but um listen Andy we've kept you for like an hour and a half I don't want to I don't want to keep you for, for too long um I'm sure you've got better things to do than speak to some <laughs> Scottish fucking morons. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been good, man. Like an hour and a half genuinely yeah. flown by. But some issues. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great, man. It was great, but, definitely. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. But um, but you know, just we're... just before we wind down, sorry, guys, just before we wind down fully, Andy, we were going to say, do you want to shout out some social media and stuff, and we'll get it tagged in so people can find out a bit more about you and your business and your podcast and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you can find out more about Norse fitness by visiting the website, which is norsefitness.co. We do have a podcast called the Norse mentality. You can find that on every podcast platform. You can find me on Instagram at Andrew Cliff Lewis. And you can also find Norse on Instagram, which is Norse underscore fitness. And we, you know, we have fit, we have clothing, fitness, accessories, workout programs, the podcast. I mean, at this point we're doing fucking everything, but yeah, you know, if you're interested in learning more about it, definitely, and get on there and check it out and doing a doing a fucking awesome job with all of it as well man it's it's um it's always cool to see people and one of the things that's quite interesting is i think people get wrapped up in so that you, not that you're a massive online celebrity but you know you've you've got you know north fitness has a pretty big following yeah and i think people get wrapped up in this like they put people like you on like this weird pedestal and then you speak to me and it's like oh no it's just andy he's just a guy he's i'm just a dude it's weird man like so i deleted all my social media last year for for about almost a year i was just dealing with a lot of mental shit and i would say that that was actually the lowest i've ever been in my life was a year ago and i deleted all my social media and all that shit and nor still had it but i had someone handling that like i just i avoided social media and i remade a personal account because of the podcast we were getting that launched i'm like well i want people to be able to like find me on there and shit i don't want to make norse all about the podcast so this can kind of be like the the social media for the podcast whatever and now because the podcast is like growing pretty well i get people that come into the gym like I own the gym. I'm, I'm on the other side of the gym right now. Like we're over here recording the gym's right over there. People are lifting weights, but I come into the gym and people are like, are you Andy? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I, I own this gym. And they're like, why well, didn't think you'd come here? And I'm like, I, I live four minutes away. Like, what, what are you talking about, man? Like, did you just join? Like, you know, and I don't like talking when people approach me like that, it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm like, I try to switch it around to them immediately. I'm like, well, you know, what's your name? What are you doing? Like, how are you liking the gym? Whatever. But yeah, it's, it's definitely weird, man. But that's, it goes back to that. It's like, we're just regular fucking dude. You know, like you, you guys just did a thing with Matt Vincent, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, So like, Matt, Matt's got a huge following, you know, and 
match just a regular bro as well. Like it's not, and I think people need to like remember that. Not necessarily with me because I'm not a fucking big deal in the least bit, but it anyone can achieve the same shit. Like whatever I can achieve, anyone else can, and it's the same with anybody else. Unless you're fucking Elon Musk, and like I I can't compete with Elon, but the rest of the world I can compete with. But I think that's like you definitely can't put. Norris used to actually have a shirt that said "Kill Your Idols." And the whole idea behind that like is like, that. yeah, don't ever was. put it, don't ever put anyone on a pedestal. Like, why, yeah. why would you do that? It, it freaks me out. And hopefully this doesn't offend you guys because, you know, I know football is huge over there, but it never makes sense to me why grown men would wear a shirt with another man's name on their back or they go or they have a whole man cave and there's pictures of this man, these, you know, these athletes all over their walls but there's no pictures of them and their families. It's just a bunch of other dudes, you know, that they're never going to meet. And this person doesn't even know who they are. So it's like, you can't, you can't put people on a pedestal because they're, they're just regular people as well. They all deal. And what people don't realize is that everyone deals with their own shit. Everyone is dealing with shit. And the more, I guess, I don't know, cause I'm not famous, but I imagine the more fame that you get, the more shit you have to deal with. And you are a fucking emotional wreck 90% of the time, whenever yeah. the camera's not on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd also like to say because we're Scottish, we're fucking unoffendable, so you can say anything you want to us. <laughs> we're, the, we're the last frontier of fucking snowflakes. We don't, we don't, don't do that shit here. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with sports. It's just that you know people get no, very know, know, obsessive about it. I know what you're saying, oh, yeah. but um, yeah, one of the things that one, I think the thing that um, that turned it for me, uh, maybe Ali would tell you the same was we had on quite early on. We had on. Um, Robin Dreek, who was the FBI's, the former head of counterintelligence uh, for terrorism within the FBI. Wow. And, and we thought about changing the name of the podcast, like, Silly Goose Gang, it's fucking guy who worked for the FBI. And it, really, genuinely super nervous. And then we spoke to him, and he was like, oh, man, are you kidding the Silly Goose Gang? Two Scottish guys couldn't wait to speak to you. I've been looking forward to this all day. I'm like, oh, he's, he's just a guy. He's just Robin. Like that man, we had this weird idea of he was either worked for the FBI. He's like super serious. No, he just love it. He like he liked CrossFit. Like, you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> and then and then we kind of went, oh, these are all just people. So we stopped looking at it as in terms of this guy's a Navy SEAL. You know, we spoke to Jack Carr, and that was another one, but it was pretty nerve wracking. And then you speak to Jack, and he's the fucking nicest guy in the entire world. And that's usually just, what you experience, man. Like with with yeah. anyone. Most people like I, I think it's hard to to get a name for yourself nowadays if you are a shit bag. So if yeah. someone does have a name for themselves, they're probably pretty solid people. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've, you know, so many times. I mean, Kelly Pavlik. I remember showing Ali. We spoke. Uh, Kelly Pavlik was the uh, the man in the middleweight division, and um, I remember showing Ali my my heart rate monitor, and I was like, "Dude, my fucking heart rate is a hundred forty. Like it's a hundred. I was." terrified shit myself and again kelly you know me and kelly are now instagram friends and uh <laughs> you know, which is insane and it's just like oh no he's just kelly pavlik from youngstown he's just a guy who was incredibly successful at boxing for a long time but you, you know, know it's cool so though those things and it all comes the same and everybody just as you perfectly said all their own people dealing with their own shit and that's all it is What's cool though is that you know you, you kept saying how nervous you were to talk to these people, but you still 
went through with it. A lot yeah. of people, like a lot of people would never even bother doing that, but you guys, it's like, okay, uh, this dude's like a big deal. It's a little intimidating talking to him, but I'm still going to fucking do it. And you push past that discomfort. Yeah. And as a result, now you have like this solid fucking friend that also probably opened up more opportunities for you. And yeah. I think, you know, that, that's what it boils down to everything. The more that you get out of your discomfort zone, or the more that you get out of your comfort zone and embrace discomfort, that's going to open up doors of opportunities for you. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's the most common, it's the most common question we get asked, isn't it, Chris? Cause when I'll, I'll release out who we've got coming on and sometimes there'll be those names like a Jack Carr, a Kelly Pavlik and Andy Lewis, those kind of level of guests. And uh, people will say, how did you get them to come on? And I'll be like, do you want to know the secret? I asked them. <laughs> And everyone goes, what? Yeah. And I go, I asked them. And they go, but what happens if they say no? I'll be like, cool, no worries. They forget about me instantly that they've said no or they don't read the <laughs> message because it's totally cool. However, what about the flip side of that? They say yes. And then we get to speak to Jack Carr. Then we get to speak to Kelly Pavlik. Then we get to speak to Robin Dreek. Then we get to speak to Andy Lewis that I've been listening to on, on the North Mentality podcast for the last year. That's the flip of that opposite. People go, but what happens if they say no? So what? So what happens if they well, think you're an idiot? Guess what? I am an idiot. I know that. So I don't worry about the fact <laughs> I'm an idiot. Well, it's like just I like with jujitsu. We can be us. We can be us. We can't be anyone else other than Ali and Chris. And we're fucking idiots. So let's just run with that. And it works. And it works for you. It is also the same with jujitsu as well. Like going in, going into a gym in general, if you're just getting started, is it's a little nerve wracking for everybody. You know, squats and shit are fucking, oh. they're, they're awkward movements. But going into like jujitsu or even Muay Thai or any martial arts, that's a different level of discomfort. But it's the people that are willing to do that, that you get in there and everyone at your guys' gym is probably solid because you're getting around like-minded people that are willing to get out of their comfort zone in order to improve themselves. And as a result, you guys have a solid group of fucking friends. And that's what I always tell people too, because we get asked, you know, we do Q&A shit for the Norse mentality. And this reoccurring question is, you know, how do I meet more like-minded people? You go where fucking like-minded people are. If you, if you're focused on self-improvement, you don't go to the bar every weekend. You go and you sign up for jujitsu or you go to like a cool gym that you vibe with. And those people are going to have the same priorities as you. Or if you're a business owner and you want to like grow your business, you go to where other business owners hang out, like, or you get on a podcast with them, you know, like you have a podcast and you say, Hey, I want to meet more business type type people. Let's talk to them. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the questions we get asked the most is how do I meet more like-minded people? You fucking go where like-minded people are and you stay away from the places that they wouldn't hang out at. And I think it's super important for um, for these conversations to happen and to speak to these people and for, for for you know, guys, because we're, you know, we're, because we're all guys, you know, for women, the same thing. But is, I don't know if there's a term in America, but, you know, like it's a beautiful term in Scotland, um, like a rising, a rising tide lifts all ships. I don't know if that's something you guys say. It's so I've heard true. of that before. Yeah. yeah, it's just like if everybody helps everybody, we can all get better. If you're just constantly surrounded by negative people, you know, people who are always drunk, people who take drugs, whatever it is, you, you're always going to be a fucking bum. You're, you're going to be, and like I, I know I sound like a fucking asshole at times saying this to people, but I've said it on the podcast and shit. It's you know, if you hang out with fucking losers, you're going to be a loser. Yeah. 
if you don't want to be a loser, then you hang out with people that are better than you. You hang out with people that are where you want to be. And then you model those people. So say if you're hanging out with some dude that's deadlifting 700 pounds, or you say you want to deadlift 700 pounds, you start hanging out around the dude that deadlifts 700 pounds. He's going to give you pointers. He's going to push you. You're going to realize that you can maybe do that as well. Like if you don't want to be a fucking loser and don't hang out with losers, you need to hang out with people that are ahead of you and where you want to be, because that's the roadmap. They already have it figured out. So you just model what the fuck they did and you get there yourself one day. So just, um, just this past week, um, as I say, there's been a few young guys, uh, been training for a while now. And some of them have been invited to our, our, you know, we've got three classes a week at Jiu-Jitsu that are, um, kind of more advanced things. So some of the younger guys have been coming along and there's two or three of them that are, have a lot of potential. And the last questions. So I've got quite a nasty armbar. And I'm a really nice Ali will attest to this. Because uh, you've been subbed by it 3,000 times. Uh, but, you know, they were asking about it and they couldn't quite figure it out. So then I showed them, like stayed behind and said, this is how we do it. This is how we set this up. Instead of doing this, so it's basically instead of, you know, some hand stuff. And, um, but they actually asked and, and it's good to actually teach them because it... But there's, there's loads of young guys who come in, they don't, ah, cool, I'm done, finished, bye. But to actually have some of the younger guys ask the question and then you could show them it. Oh, actually, I'll show you, no problem. But they're really keen and it's nice to see some of these younger guys being really keen and then it's nice to actually be one of the older guys who's like, yeah, I'll show you, this is how we do it. Now do it to me, drill it on me three or four times. Cool. It's actually quite those nice dudes are going to... Those guys are going to be rock stars in 10 to 20 years. Like yeah. the, ki the kids that stay behind and ask you for help are going to be so much further ahead than the rest of their generation just because of that one thing, having yeah. the courage to ask for help. And most people want to help other people, especially if it's something that you're passionate about. Like if you, like I'm passionate about business, if you want to get me going, you come to me and you ask me a business question and I'll talk to you all damn day. Same with fitness, you know, stuff like that people feel like they're a burden when they ask people for help. But if you ask someone for help with something that they enjoy, they would love to help you. But most people just don't have the courage to do that. They don't, you know, yeah. they, their anxiety gets the best of them and they get the sweats and all that shit. But those dudes, those kids that asked you for help, man, I would love to know where they are in 10 to 20 years. Cause I can guarantee they're going to be absolute yeah. studs. Yeah, they will be. And one of the things um, that's quite interesting, again, as we get older, um, I used to always think sometimes, like somebody would ask, some you know, when we're maybe early twenties, and you know, when we're all in our early twenties, we're, we're all fucking morons. But people used to say things, I'd ask you something, you'd be like, "That's a stupid fucking question. What a dumb question to ask me." And then you get older, and you go, "Well, it's not a dumb question because if they, didn't, they didn't know they did the right thing." Yeah. See, but when I was younger, I didn't, see, I didn't understand that part. This is part of growing up, I suppose. But now it's like, oh yeah, okay, it's not actually a dumb. Sometimes people ask you dumb fucking questions, but generally, you know, that not the same thing. It's, um, you know, somebody who's actually trying to figure something out and they're asking you because they probably think you know. Uh, and I understand that now, whereas when I was younger, I didn't. Of course, people still ask you dumb questions, but, um, but yeah, it's something that I used to get annoyed quite regularly. Like, what the fucking, it's just a stupid fucking question, man. Don't fucking, that's dumb. The you biggest know, turning. Dumb. If you didn't, if you don't know the answer, it's not dumb. It's not a dumb question. The the, so, the biggest turning point for me when this happened almost exactly a year ago, actually, because I was down in Colombia doing some stuff. But the biggest 
like breakthrough for me in every aspect of my life was realizing that most people are trying their best. Like I think 99% of people are legitimately trying their best with the tools that they're given. They may have had a fucked up child. You know, let you saw on parents as an, as a reason, because this was kind of like where I got clarity on it. And it really helped me work through some childhood issues was, you know, I, my parents weren't the best, like most people, just like, I'm not the best parent or anything like that. They could have done better, but they were also fucking 18 years old when they had me. And they're fucking kids still themselves. But when I, I finally like understood that concept that everyone is trying their best with the tools that they are given with the, with the way that they view the world and all these other things, when you realize that it's a lot easier to live and it's a lot easier to not be angry at everybody. Cause you know, you know what, this person's trying their fucking best. Like I might think that they're an idiot, but at the end of the day, like they're trying their best and that's okay. And just like when someone does you wrong, it's like, Oh, yeah. well, they, they, they did that because they thought it was the best thing to do. Yeah, it I was mean, fucked, try, but they thought it was the best thing to do. Trying your best is not a straight line. Like everybody's best no. at a different level. You know what I mean? So It's all perspective, it's, man. It's, it's all like, perspective. You know, it's like, like jujitsu. When I try my best, I'm really good. When Ali tries his best, he's not that great. So same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, take, I see my shots and I take them. I see my shots and I take them. You're good at it, man. Yeah, so... As man, we're we're like somebody somebody must be missing you someplace. Like that's like an hour and forty five minutes before the whole year. I feel bad. No, that's now. good, man. Well, we'll have to do this again sometime. I, I, like I was just Definitely. going to say, like some you know you you alluded to business. Uh, so I'm involved in two businesses. Um, so man, maybe we should do something. Talk about some yeah. Business. You want to do a whole podcast episode yeah. talking about business? I'm down with that, man. If yeah. it helps one person start a business, I'd be stoked on that. I think yeah, entrepreneurs. I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody, no. but I think you know you have entrepreneurs as well, and I, I think that it is for certain individuals. Entrepreneurship is the only way, and it's certain people, probably like yourself, but especially me. I I, I do very poorly with authority like I, I knew that at a very young age like when someone tells me what to do i don't even care if they're right i'm like fuck you i'm not going to do that so like i knew at a very young age i was going to have to work for myself because yeah. there was no other option but certain people they just have it it's part of their dna i think like i legitimately think the entrepreneurship is part of people's dna so mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you want to do a podcast and we just talk about we business and maybe it helps someone that'd be cool definitely I agree wholeheartedly with. I think there's, um, you know, doing a podcast. You know, whether you're selling t-shirts or, or you know, starting a business, there's a certain point of a leap of faith. You have to just say, because people, everybody lists, everybody's looking for the right time. There is no fucking right time. The right time it doesn't exist. Fucking it doesn't do it. exist. You know, yeah, how, how, how do you start by? How do you run a marathon? Well, you start by starting. You start you know, by fucking you start, running. How do you start a podcast? People have asked me and Ali this a million times. People don't believe it. Like we literally started with two iPhones and it was Skype at the time. No, no headphones, no nothing. iPhones on a stand, record it. That's how it was I done. Love it. You start by fucking starting. It sucked. It was terrible. Oh, awful. But we started. <laughs> but we started, and that leads to here. And tomorrow you night, figure- you know, we'll have we'll have a you know, like I said beforehand, you know. Dr. McCullough, which is going to be gas cancelled. But um uh but you know you have to start by starting. And it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you just want to start a business, you have to you have to start. You have to have some kind of plan. What's the plan? What what you know, and all this has to get adjusted through time, but you have to just start. 
I get asked that a lot. People ask me like, what was my business plan for North? I'm like, I didn't have a fucking business plan. It's like I said, in the beginning of this episode, I started making t-shirts and I sold them out of the trunk of my car for, for a year. And then one day I came up with the bride did to put them online. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll make social media for this thing. Like there was no plan. And same with the gym. I was like, I'm going to open up a gym and I'll figure it out. But that's the thing is like, you need to have confidence in yourself mm. of your ability to succeed. And if you believe in yourself, and this is, I just said that and it sounds super fucking cliche, but it's true. <laughs> like if you, if you believe in yourself enough that you will succeed, then you're going to fucking succeed because, and if you don't, it's like, well, like say, say if I lost everything right now say I, I don't know how that would happen but say i lost everything norse was no longer a thing my whole life purpose meaning everything just fucking disappeared i know with absolute certainty that i will have something else going within 30 days because i've already figured it out at this point you know and if it's even a whole new endeavor that i know nothing about i know that i can fucking figure it out and it's like it's like i was saying earlier with educate with, with knowledge you can learn anything that you want to learn. I, I didn't know how to do marketing. I didn't know how to do a podcast or anything. I looked it up and I learned and then I started doing it. Everyone has that capability unless you live in like a third world country and even they have cell phones now. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to business, you know, so many people ask me questions as well. You know, we do, you know, we do okay. I do okay with a couple of businesses. And, and I always say to people like, if you're providing a good service at a reasonable price and you're nice to people, the chances are it's, it's going to work. <laughs> like you, you'll all, make business boils, all business boils down to is providing value to other people in exchange for money. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's the issue now is that it's super easy, which we're already getting started on this business podcast, it sounds like. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so easy to start a company now. Yeah. a company where you make an Instagram account and you think you're a fucking CEO or some of something. But what people don't understand is like, well, I'm doing these t-shirts and no one's buying them. Why the fuck would they like, why would they buy the t-shirt? Why, what value are you providing to those people? You know, the only reason that Norse has some cool designs, but I think the reason that it has grown to the point that it is, is because there's a whole mindset behind it. Like I'm helping, uh, I'm helping eliminate the world of mediocrity. Like that is our goal. That's what we talk about. That's what we, base every decision off of is is this eliminating the world of mediocrity but people don't grasp that idea they think that something is cool and they go oh i'm going to start a business with this well what is that doing for other people if you're not providing value to other people then you're not going to have a successful business yeah so i am um, something else that I, that I do for fun is um i've designed a few rash guards had a few rash guards made and um but i have no interest in doing that as a business that's purely for fun but yeah. it would be so difficult to start that as a business. So difficult because everybody does it. So I've, yeah. I've got a few. And you know, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I won't have one for you. I think I've only got small and mediums left now. I'm going to assume that you're, you're, um, what's what size of like t-shirt would you normally wear? A rash guard, probably like an XL large. Yeah. Like that. So yeah. I don't, I don't have any others left, but um, I, I would have sent you one. Uh, but I've got a fucking. It's really. I, I, Ali's been messing you, so I'll get Ali to send you a picture. But it's like a, it's a basically William Wallace, uh, rear naked choking, uh, Loch Ness monster, and some tartan awesome. sleeves. Fucking really cool. Um, oh, it's got like tartan sleeves on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's could, sick. Yeah, I, like you, that. uh, I mean, I don't have one for your size. But if you want one for the gym, I'll send you one. No problem. 
Um, I love just playing with ideas, but to actually make that business would take so much time and effort. It's, it's not really it's going not to work. It's not easy, man. I think people, they, they think it's easy and then they don't realize it. It's like when you see successful people, like, oh, it must be nice. It's like, yeah, they fucking busted ass for 20 that, years. That's the one. That's the one that fucking annoys <laughs> me so much. It fucking annoys <laughs> me up so fucking much. I swear. It's like, oh, yeah, it's easy for you. Why is, what the fuck? Where were you at what five o'clock? Even mean? Where the fuck yeah. were you at five o'clock this morning? Because I got my workout done at five o'clock this morning before you went out your fucking bed. And I was still at work at nine o'clock last night because some shit went wrong. And somebody has to put the big boy pants on and fix it. Well, that's um the the main thing that makes me fucking infuriate, especially with like the younger generation, my generation, I guess, is this whole hatred for rich people. I I see it all the time, even though they still support yeah. these rich people by buying the fucking Mac and they buy everything off Amazon and all this other shit. But yeah. they at the same time they'll post their fucking rhetoric on social media about how fucking evil rich people are about how they're the scum of the earth and all this shit. And I was like, okay, well, you're never going to be rich because you've got this toxic fucking mindset and this victim mentality that poor you, you don't have a million dollars. So you're not ever going to compared to like someone with a growth mindset that goes, okay, well, this person's fucking rich. How can I model that person for success? How can I also yeah. learn how to make some money? I might not make as much as this person, but at the same time, they did something right. How can I do that as well? But that, that's what makes me, it, it irritates the shit out of me because I see it a lot. Even with people that I know and I just end up fucking like muting them or unfriending them in general because I don't want to see their bullshit. But yeah, it's this whole hatred for successful people and yeah. not even rich people, successful people. People, successful. you have a generation, generations of people now that hate successful people. Yeah. And it was like, you're never going to be fucking successful with that mindset. And then to me, from the outside looking in, it's like, how do you not see this? What is the it's, fucking truth? I've seen um, so many pictures on, on social media of people like, you know, with a set with a Mac and Starbucks with a smash cap. <laughs> smash yeah, cap. with their fucking commie stickers on the but Mac. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, bud. You don't understand how fucking stupid you are. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, you know the the tax of rich you dress on. It was like a two thousand dollar dress. And you, you fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it uh, is mind blowing. Which we can go on a whole rant about that. Like, that's that's is, another podcast. This is just, <laughs> we got we got we got two more podcasts lined up, guys. This has just been old men complaining a lot, I think. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> but it's fine. So um, yeah, we're pushing on for two hours now, man. We, we should yeah, really let you go. Uh, yeah, no, I I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. I look forward to doing it again. Definitely, man. anytime, anytime. Well, uh, thanks very much, Andy Lewis yeah. from uh, Norse Fitness and Norse Mentality. It was a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Silly Goose Gang Podcast.